0: you know this this recent news about all the social media you know announcing about data breaches and all that uh, facebook was saying 533 million records and then linkedin uh, a couple of million records and clubhouse so what's going on can 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 someone share something about it
1: Welcome to the Security Lab podcast.
2: The way I look at it is, I mean, the the whole debate has been whether all this information was via scraping or whether it was a breach or a leak or someone, you know, hacked into the systems and so on and so forth. Uh, But the way I look at it is, again, it's not really a hack or it's not really a data breach and the reason for this is because uh, usually when it comes to some kind of a breach it's pretty much about unauthorized access or someone who's not authorized to you know get that information so that's what you would call as a breach or a leak i mean a breacher or, or a hacker would say uh, whereas with scraping what happens is uh, you are pretty much collecting public information or anything that is publicly accessible but this information is picked up or collected at at a high frequency. So, just as an example, let's say if I can, if I if I have a Facebook profile and uh, Doc has a Facebook profile also, and I can view this profile and all his public content, then technically I'm not really uh, hacking or breaching. I mean, it's it's publicly accessible and viewable, right? But now, what happens is, along with Doc, if I go and collect all the other few hundred million people out there. But I do this at a at at a high speed or high frequency. If I pick up maybe say twenty or thirty accounts or information or account details, maybe a second or something, that's what you would slowly consider. This, that's what you would consider it as a scrape rather than a hack. So this is the way I would kind of differentiate it from my point of view. Uh, if someone else has anything to add to that, it would be great.
3: I was just preparing for a presentation to some uh, people who have no knowledge of IT security. And uh, in one of my slides, I actually mentioned that uh, uh, there are certain information that uh, the bad guys, all right, they they, they are not hackers yet, in terms of, you know, I agree with you, uh, Nigel, in terms of scraping, you know, from available information. We ourselves willingly put it up. So you cannot blame people for doing that. If you keep your car door open, don't blame the guy who to come in and take, you know, your or drive your car away. You know, so there are a lot of information. When somebody wants to hack into a, or, or break into a, a, an account, the basic things that is required is probably the login name, of course, right? And if it has to do with uh, financial gains and all that then you probably need a credit card or a bank account number. And most of these things are linked to an email address, all right? And then you would have verification processes like six-digit PIN, password, transaction authorization code, and some even just your identification card number, all right? And then there will be uh, challenge uh, uh, processes like, you know, what's your email, what's your mother's maiden name or your pet name, and what's your mailing address, and things like that. You know, but the, the the but the funny thing is, out of this entire list that I've mentioned to you, which actually which is actually in three different categories: the starting point of the attack, the verification mode, and the challenge mode. You'll be surprised that uh, the things that are available already on social media is more than half of those things that I have mentioned just now. So how can you blame those guys who can easily hack into your account?
1: I have a different point on this. Um, Yeah, it's right. There are a lot of services that I willingly sign up for, such as all those services that were mentioned earlier. But as a service provider, don't they also have a responsibility to ensure that at least, you know, our data is not misused? I mean, um, yes, scraping is one thing. If I were to go through all of my friends and get their information one at a time, that's a th- totally different thing.
2: I would disagree with that because technically you are also scraping information. Uh, it's just that if you have a bunch of twenty friends, you're just pulling out the information. It's just that the pace at which you're pulling out this information might differ. Uh, so you just might go to one friend's account, pull out their information. Um, and then take like, you know you're done with, but on the other hand um, when someone is doing this uh, for monetary gains or for otherwise, um, the whole idea is just to get as much information as you can. what they do with it is secondary so the 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 whole question here is whether you know or, or all these attacks that we we call them as attacks and uh, leaks and breaches and whatnot. I mean, does it actually constitute as that, or is it just a scrape?
0: Because I think they both are different. Okay. So I'm going to deep dive into specifically uh, the attack that affected the 533 million Facebook users. So what this guy did was uh, he realized that uh, if someone has their phone number uh, in their contacts list, Facebook would assume that he or she knows that person and then offer the profile of the person to say, Ah, so you know uh, Mr. X, uh, would you like to add him as your friend? And that's kind of a convenience because it's like, ah, okay, I got this person's number in my phone. And, you know, when I log into my Facebook account, my mobile phone, it synchronizes my contacts. And it says, ah, yeah, Mr. X is on Facebook. So he's my friend. Uh, I just met him. He's awesome. Uh, And I'm going to add him, right? So it was a means of convenience more than anything else. Now, you could also do this via Facebook APIs, What someone did was uh, ran a script, generated possibly every single mobile number there is. uh, Sequentially, uh, put it into their contact list and went into Facebook. Now, Facebook, looking at all these numbers and says, ah, so your friends are all these people because their numbers in your contact list. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to present all the profiles of all these people since you have their number and essentially allow a person to tie the mobile number that's in their contact list with the profile of a person who's a Facebook user. Essentially, giving out everybody's profile, including Mark Zuckerberg's profile himself, which was ironically found to be using Signal, (laughs) instead of facebook messenger <laughs> so it's kind of funny uh, the outcome of this so in that sense um i like to hear from all of you what do you think about this feature where you know all you have to do is expose your contact list and you know you you find all your friends and and you know uh, some people may say it convenience some people may say otherwise what do you guys think and i specifically want to hear prof on this,
4: okay, I I experienced uh, some variation of the feature you talked about. I think it was for, I think it was for Clubhouse. So yeah, they have uh, some kind of access to my my phone my phone book, and then from there, um, it will actually show me a list of uh, all my contacts, and then plus also give the number of friends which my contacts have on Clubhouse. I don't know how I feel about that. I I feel like um in, is it a, it's definitely not a security issue, but is it a privacy violation? I think at some level it is. Yeah, that's that's what I would say about it for now.
1: Yeah, um, I think from academic research point of view, I would not uh, deny that. Scraping does have some potentials there for us to get data. Data is rare and it's hard for us to get. But on the other hand, um, on a personal level, at what I put forth earlier, actually, I'd like to be able to have some controls over what I sign up for and my personal data. Like the example that um, Kat brought up in Clubhouse, I originally um, restricted access to my contacts So I've got no idea who's on there and who are my friends and so forth. And I feel safe. I don't mind using the the app if I am able to retain some form of control. And whether it's convenience or not, there is a trade-off. But to me, it's a matter of what I value more. And in this case, I don't mind clicking a few more buttons if I can feel secure. That's my personal take.
0: So, let me put a spin out into a different perspective. Now, we were talking about Facebook Clubhouse um there's an app that was uh recently uh, i can't say announced but uh promoted by an n g o that says that okay if you if you want to know whether someone who's calling you is a scammer or not, you download this particular app. And and I will not name it because I feel it's a huge privacy violation. Now, what that app does is that when you install that app on your mobile phone, again, the same thing, share your contacts. So what happens is your contact gets uploaded into a cloud service where they have this data. Now, you have to understand, the contact details while it's in your phone technically, does not belong to you. So, for example, if I have Sky's phone number on my phone, by right, I should get Sky's permission to say, hey, can I upload your number to this service? Which no one does. But yet, what this app does is, for a lack of better word, scrapes all your contact information, puts it in the cloud. And anyone who has this app now can put in a number and find out who owns that mobile number. So as long as they have uh, access to the app, they're willing to share all the contact information, you now get to know whose number just by, you can put in a mobile number or you can put in a landline number and you practically know who it belongs to. So I want to hear from from all of you, uh, what do you think about this service?
1: Enjoying the show so far? Subscribe now so that you don't miss out on the latest episode. We are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and many other platforms. Visit podcast.securitila.asia to get the links to subscribe.
4: I think that service should just stick to doing what it said it would do, as in like allow you to, you know, uh allow you to identify scammers and that's it. Not Not needing to know everybody else or identify any any other number,
0: but how would you know if it's a scammer unless someone goes there and tags that number as a scammer, and that's the only way isn't it Good point
2: yeah, so basically how this whole application works is uh, let's say you have a bunch of hundred people who who have signed up to you know share their contacts. Now, anytime they receive a spam or a scam call, they have to report it, saying, "Oh, this is uh, a scam call, or, or or something of that sort." And it looks at this number across, say, millions of people after that. And like the more people report it, the higher chance of it this number being, you know, a scam call or a or or, or a or a spam call, for instance. So yes, if you do not share that kind of information, you cannot get a collective answer or you cannot see this collectively, how it, how it would affect everyone else. So I think um, there are certain, um, I mean, there's always a give and take, I guess. So if you want to, you want to get some benefit out of it or you need to give something in return. So I, I would say there's no free lunch anywhere, anytime. Right. Um, In some cases, like when you have free services, uh, like Doc mentioned the other day, um, if, if you have, if you sign up to a free service, then you are the product. Uh, So it's pretty much the
0: same, right?
3: I like that. If you have free service, then you're the product.
0: But absolutely. The thing is this, um, It's a different story. For example, Facebook and and this particular app is completely different because in Facebook, for example, I put my information. I mean, no doubt, if I upload a picture with three other person on it and I tag that three person, essentially, I'm creating a bullseye to say, ah, you know, this picture was taken, this three person in this particular location doing this thing. But that's it. I'm actually putting out information about myself more than other people. But in this case, when you actually upload your contact list to any application, irrespective of whatever it does, you're not sharing information that you own. You're actually sharing information that you do not own, that you probably don't get a consent from people, and it's now up there somewhere, and they're free to do whatever they want to do. Imagine if a service like what I described earlier was able to get Six percent of the population, essentially, you practically have mapped almost everyone. That's how how severe it is. It's just six percent. That's why they say six degrees of separation. And oh, you took the words right out of my mouth. And 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 you 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 get you get everyone. You you practically have a database of, of everybody's uh, contact details to me that's scary and and the worst thing is i have no control who has uploaded my information out there which is really 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 scary i have
4: so basically they designed this product to be uh, in a way so that it's convenient and you know seamless for the users maybe there's another way it could be designed as in like only when i see a number which is unknown i i Take a, the extra step of keying it into I don't know a, a query, a query uh, app, to find out whether it's a, a, a scammer or whatever. The maybe the way the product is designed needs to change.
3: I think we we must stop talking about the product because this is the this is the issue about uh, you know scraping and hacking, and for me, <clears throat> it's very simple. If there is no enforcement coming down for the, you know, what we are talking about just now about sharing somebody else's data who is in our phone, actually it's already against the PDPA law. It is a violation. And if PDPA is a law, a violation means you're actually going to be a criminal. But the problem is there is no enforcement and without a proper enforcement, you're not going to get what you think is right anymore. The best way to do it is to protect yourself because the, the enforcement people are not going to protect you.
0: You're absolutely right, Sky. The law is as good as how you enforce it. And to me, it's kind of scary because there are some organizations that actually promote this kind of privacy-violating app without understanding the impact. Yeah, it's it can be used for something good. But at the same time, the whole premise of how the data is gathered, used. For example, today we're talking about the LinkedIn breach as well as uh, uh, the Facebook breach, right? There's so much of data out there. It's scary to see what's going to happen to it. If it falls into the wrong hands, what can they do with it? Uh, It's just limitless. I mean, we had a whole long chat about Macau Scam and Sayakana Hack, we spoke to Keith Rosario about it, and you know now there's just more data out there. You know, it's it's mind-boggling uh, to see uh, what we can actually do about it. You know, so if your data is out there, oh my God, I I, I really don't know what I can do about it. Uh, I just have to be prepared uh, if I'm gonna get another scam call, uh, if I'm you know, sometimes these scammers are no longer dumb. Maybe initially in the start, they may try some techniques and, you know, if you if you know it well enough, you can differentiate between a scam and a non-scam. But eventually, these people are going to learn their lessons. They, they're going to buck up and they're going to improve and their hit rate is going to go up. Then, you know, as as well-educated or as well-informed as you may be, uh, the the convincing scammer may even end up getting you to do something that you don't want to, and it's all from all this data breach that's happening.
3: Yeah, and and well, uh, I I guess maybe it's it's about time we we close. But you know, on in closing, one of the things I want to say will be the positive thing is uh, you got to look out for yourself because. Um, It doesn't look like the PDPA law is going to help us. And one of the things that I do is I will never answer a phone call uh, that uh, doesn't show the the user caller name, you know, meaning I know this person. Why why do I use phone calls as a basis of the discussion? Uh, You know, nowadays, uh, there is a book in front of every cafe, every restaurant that we go to. And that book actually uh, has names and phone numbers of everybody who passes through the cafe. And this is really, really dangerous because if I were to have a criminal mind and I sit outside of the cafe watching, I will probably know who uses what number and what is their name and who they come with and what car they are coming with. And that is a very, very dangerous uh, uh situation because uh you basically have enough data to do the things that you want and that's the reason why you know we need to protect ourselves by not exposing ourselves I have a case with a bank who calls me with a, a uh un, what un, unregistered number you know and and they wanted to I think they wanted to ask about some outstanding payments and all that and Finally, during an update session, uh, they complained to me that that I never take their calls. So I said, of course, I don't take your calls because you always call me with an uncalled number. What if you are a scammer? What am I going to do? You know, Once it gets into your heart and your mind, then you get worried about things that they say, whether it is true or not. And you don't want to get into the situation. And I always remember that if it is important, the other person will really call back. So this is the kind of protection mechanism that I think uh, our listeners should be uh, 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 safeguarding themselves.
0: There's a
4: Macau scam deterrent.
0: But unfortunately, uh, Sky, I have to tell you that you're no longer going to get money from a lost Nigerian prince. Funny thing, a (laughs) couple of years ago, I actually read that that was true in one instance out of a few million fraud attempts. But yes, it did happen once. But I guess if you take that approach, you're not going to win any money for free. Sorry for that.
3: (laughs) It's okay. I would rather keep the $20 that I have than uh, wish that I get my $20 million.
0: (laughs) So we had a very interesting discussion about uh, leaks uh, and and looking at scraping and, and hacking. And at the foundation of all this conversation, it's how we treat our privacy and what has happened to the application that we use, uh, whether social media or any other application that actually requires us to surrender information out. So it's actually at a point or at the user to decide how much of data do you want to share. And, you know, the, the one thing that, uh, on behalf of the podcast that we'd like to promote is that uh, as much as possible, do not share your contact list. Technically, you're sharing data that belongs to someone else and they may not even consent into giving that information out. So be careful when you have these kind of apps asking you for, for contact details because that's how they get your data. And And the more we practice these kind of hygiene on, on using internet applications or social media, the better protected we are.
3: I would like to just mention that, uh, you know, I had an experience where some <clears throat> computer IT security reseller was asking, I know you know this guy, the CIO of so-and-so bank and so, that, you know, and, and can you pass to me, hey, we're good friends, lah. come on, lah, send over to me. And I, and, I, and I outrightly tell the person, you know, I'm sorry, no. But if you insist, what I will do is uh, give me a few minutes. I will talk to the person and see if he or she is willing to give you his or, his or her number. And when I called that bank and the, the, the lady was telling me, she said, Nola, why should you give? But I'm very thankful that you called me and asked me first. And and I think that uh, many, many people should take that uh, uh, route of uh, checking before passing on information that do not belong to us just like doc says
1: thanks for joining us this week on security lab make sure to visit our website at securitylab.asia where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes Spotify or via RSS so you'll never miss a show